We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast and welcome in everyone to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks again for joining us each and every day here on the pack a day podcast channel uh if you haven't done so already make sure that you are subscribing liking rating, reviewing, five stars everywhere you listen to the show. Make sure, of course, you're checking out the YouTube side as well with Andy Herman on the Game on Wisconsin YouTube channel. I am your host, Dan Kotnick, a voice you may not have heard in a long time. Coming back after the slight year hiatus, I'm sure the Packaday podcast community was just up in arms that I haven't been haven't been back yet. But uh, back in here, filling for the Jacobs here on a Tuesday and uh, very happy to be doing it with uh, a first time. Pa- this is the first time we've done a pack a day together, Monty yes. Moore. Um, but not the first time we've worked together. Exactly. If you yeah. if you're a fan of uh, the illustrious watching stuff podcast, <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, I am good. Um, it was you know it was nice to have a Sunday full of football that was stress free relatively. So. Always feel good on Monday after those kind of days. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, was talking. Uh, we did um, over on the Game On Wisconsin channel. We did a little post game show after that Thursday night debacle, and I was talking about how like the the one silver lining was that we got two Sundays of yeah. stress free stress free Sunday football. But then, as I was sitting there yesterday, like you know, strapping in for literally almost 12 hours plus of, of football content. I was like, nay, nay, we get three Sundays <laughs> yep. of stress-free Sunday football, which is <laughs> the only thing better than two, two stress-free Sundays is three stress-free Sundays. Exactly. So buckle up gang. This is uh this is going to be a good, 
a nice little reprieve. I like I like getting back to to sit and watch everyone else sweat through a Sunday. Um, so, Monty, uh, before we kind of dive into talking about what we want to uh, really get into here, the meat of the episode, uh, some news out of Packerland that we should probably touch on a little bit, mm-hmm. and that is, of course, uh, you know, with kind of the extended break. Well, p- players are always kind of coming in on these these trial runs. But I, I think it is a little bit more noteworthy as the Packers are heading into some big stretches of off period here that they uh, brought in former Jacksonville Jaguar, former Patriot, former Jet running back, James Robinson, um, who when I when I heard James Robinson coming in, I was like, oh, good, like a wily vet that's you know been here a few years. And then I was like, oh, no, like James Robinson has only played like yeah. two years of NFL yeah, football. He, 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 yeah, he he just kind of burst onto the scene when he first came into the league, so right, kind of right. that's kind of lingered. It makes you feel like he's been around for a little while. Yeah, so um, you know the the thing with James Robinson, uh, I believe last the the beginning of last year had that injury, had the Achilles injury, has never really seemed to like sort of fully recover from that. Uh, he lost the starting job in Jacksonville to Travis Etienne. And he's bounced around uh, to the Patriots. I think he was with the he was traded to the Jets, I believe. Yes, I um, believe so. In the middle of the year, when when Brees Hall went down, and then um, he bounced around to the Patriots. I think he spent some time with the, the Giants during the preseason this year, and now he's coming in for a workout with Green Bay. Um, I think you know, in a bubble, there's probably a very small chance that James Robinson gets signed to some kind of contract here I, yeah. I don't that's really not how the Packers operate but I do think it is a little noteworthy that you know th- there was a there was a little bit of smoke with the Jonathan Taylor thing and now you're looking at a fairly high profile name in the on the running back uh, free agency market here that there's a lot of smoke around this running back situation and it may not happen this regular season, but this might be a very interesting off season for the free, the, uh, the running back group for the Packers this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that in 2024, you, your, your one and two running backs could be completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it be because, you know, I, I know we've been saying our goodbyes to Aaron Jones for three years, so I would love it. <laughs> if he's back again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you just, as he's getting older and the running back market is at an absolute all time low. So maybe him coming back on a pay cut, isn't the worst thing. Cause where's he going to get it elsewhere? Sure. Um, but because he's been with the team for so long, like I said, it's, that's been a, a three-year thing where we've been ready to say goodbye to him. And then, you know, AJ Dillon has certainly struggled to the point where, I mean, doesn't look like there'd be any kind of extension coming his way. I mean, just based on how this season has gone so far now, obviously that'd be great if he, turns it up and like just goes crazy the rest of the year but so I mean from where we're sitting right now at the beginning of October yeah you could be looking at two completely different running backs next year yeah and you know something you kind of you brought up there actually almost makes me wonder if there will be that much of a shakeup even more now because because the running back market is so low like you said like running backs completely undervalued um, AJ Dillon is probably not going to get a lot of looks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who's, elsewhere. Who's who's banging the door to 
to let AJ Dillon out and right into their team. And you know, Russ Russ Ball is a a cat magician, and so maybe there's an opportunity where it opens up where the running back group underperforms so much that the Packers just decide to say bleep it we're gonna we're just gonna roll with this and yeah, and yeah, hope, I mean, hope to hope to overperform later on um but I, I i wouldn't also be surprised if there is some sort of big move here it just kind of curious the packers are such a conservative group is such a very conservative front office when it comes to trading away draft capital investing draft capital bringing in free agents spending free agency money they they spend big in places that are much more impactful. And I just really would be surprised to see them invest heavily in a big running back group, which is why the James Robinson one out of all of them seems like the most realistic in play. Um, just because like who else is signing James Robinson at this point? Yeah, I mean, know? I mean, and the, you know, the, the Jonathan Taylor stuff, obviously, it seemed like there was some actual meat to that. I mm-hmm. found out, you know, they were asking for something ridiculous. They wanted Christian Watson also. Um, but, you know, if they were willing to trade for him earlier this year, who knows what happens later this The deadline in October, November, I believe it's like really it's early. O- it's, it's October. I believe it's week seven or eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows what that's going to look like in the next three or four weeks. Um, but, I mean, that's – Again, it made sense for Goody to at least make that call. Again, Jonathan Taylor's 24, right? So, I mean, he's still got a decent number of years left. So, who knows? Maybe the Colts continue to lose and they decide, you know, this guy doesn't want to be here anymore. We'll take what we can get for him at this point. That's reasonable. So, yeah. And, and Jonathan Taylor is, he's apparently being activated or he, he's hes getting back into the team facility. He's coming. Yeah, that, they're supposed he's able to, to come practice. back Wednesday. Yeah, able to practice this week. Yeah, and so uh, getting active because he was on the pup list, um, he'll, he'll be back in the facility. We'll see. Maybe they make. Maybe it's a play to get him back on the field for a couple of weeks. Show that he can. He's got something in there, and yeah, now you've got a little bit of of leverage there because uh, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of teams out there. I think right now that are like the Packers, uh, itching for a piece that they think can put them over the edge. Um, Okay, so that's uh, something to keep an eye on next couple of weeks, next 12 months. That'll be fun. Um, let's talk about uh, what we're going to discuss today here. We're four games into this season, Monty. Obviously, it's not a, it's a 17-game season anymore, not 16, so it's not exactly a quarter of the way through, but we're pretty dang close to a quarter of the way through this, uh, this season here early on. And so I think we'd like to take a second to pause and just reflect on these first four games, sort of how they've met expectations, how the result of these four games has changed expectations for us the year, who stood out, who's fallen down. So I'll ask you to start off with just leading into at the beginning of the season, you can think back, what were expectations for you for this season right before leading up into that Bears game week one? So I didn't uh... – I, going into this year, I wasn't concerned with what the record was going to be. Um, I obviously knowing this is a transition year, it's a development year, it's an audition year also for some for some of the younger players. Um, I just wanted to see week to week growth from obviously most importantly Jordan Love, and then 
all the other young guys surrounding him that are going to be the core of the team going forward. So um, I actually never made a, you know, a season record prediction, but if you would have told me, you know, going into week one that, you know, by the time we hit October, the Packers will be two and two, I would have felt pretty good about it. Um, And now sitting through those first four games and having them at two and two. So the way they played out, I think you also still kind of feel pretty good because there's an argument, you know, they legitimately won the bears game, bad team. Um, They, they probably should have beat Atlanta. They probably should have lost to new Orleans and they deserve to lose to the, to the lions. So, I mean, I, I think from what I thought, what I would have been happy with the record before the season and how it played out to get us here, I feel a bit pretty level set. I don't, I don't, I don't feel up or down from that right now, which I think is a positive sign. Yeah, and I, I think it's uh, something to kind of know is like you mentioned the the Saints and the Falcons game, how they could have gone the opposite way on both of them. So really, if you're you're kind of looking at uh, you know if you think you're the Vikings of last year where you're playing over your skis a little bit. Really, yep. you're not because arguably, the the outcome of the the way you played in all four of those games, cumulatively deserves a two and two record. Yeah. You know? um, and yeah, I I think I'm trying to remember back. I made a record prediction um, when I, when the schedule first came out, and I think I put them somewhere around like I was. Look, I was I was young, I was foolish, naive. I think I had them around like a 12 and five or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just because, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it was too much Madden brain or, you know, the, the last 15 years of Aaron Rodgers has, has spoiled me rotten. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I felt like the, this team has the ability to put themselves into pretty much every game that they can come, they come across, you know, this year. I think they've shown, though, that uh, the inexperience is what is going to really be the deciding factor in all yeah. of these games. Are they going to be able to overcome that? Are they going to let it uh, dig them into a hole that they won't be able to recover from, or we'll have to, you know, do some miracle fourth quarter comeback to to salvage a win? And so I, I, when I think about expectations for the rest of this season, yeah, I think that's this this four first four games, a quarter of the season, is a real microcosm of what I think you can probably expect moving forward. Is yeah, I agree. It, it, it's gonna every game is gonna be like a loaded spring. You're not gonna really know which way it's gonna kind of yeah. go. Um, and yeah, with you, I think records be damned. I just want to see. I just want to see how everybody reacts to the situations that they're in. How does Jordan love react differently when he's, you know, kicking the teeth in on, on a terrible bears defense. And then when you're at home on a short week and you're getting absolutely, you're getting pressured 50% of the time that you're, you're back there throwing no run game to speak of. How do you react to those different situations? That's what I want to see. And so, yeah, it's really, um, Less of for me, less of seeing growth and less and more of a uh, like like you said, an audition for a lot of these guys is the growth. The growth can come. The growth can mm-hmm. come in year year three as Jordan Love is the starter. 
but how do you react early on? Because I've always kind of believed how how you start to react and handle those situations, that's how you're going to do it kind of moving forward. Yeah. And you're setting, one, setting, yeah. setting the standard for it. Right. The good ones, if you can handle it right, then you can progress and change all those other things moving forward. Um, so let's talk about... Let's talk about Jordan Love then a little bit. Let's let's address the elephant in the room. I thought I, I've really been impressed personally. Um, the Lions game is a bit of an outlier for him. Obviously, I don't think that the offense and the, the offense, the coaching staff, put him in a really good position to win, especially against that pass rush. And you mm-hmm. only run the ball. In times with Aaron Jones back there, um, so I kind of I kind of treat that as a little bit of an outlier. But even in that situation, I didn't see a ton of I, you, you see a little bit of panic, but you don't see that rookie panic. You know what I mean? This, yeah. is, this is a I, I'm getting I'm getting blitzed 1.5 seconds out of the snap kind of panic. Other than that, everything has felt like there are small things to work on that he can fix, but he clearly understands the offense. He clearly understands the rhythm and knows what he wants to do. It's just a matter of executing it more consistently. Yeah. And you know, you to, to call the game an outlier, it, it is one so far in this season, but I would argue that, I mean, that's a, a glimpse early on in his career of what he looks like when everything breaks down and he's kind of having to do it all himself versus how good he looks, you know, when he is kept clean with good protection. So, I mean, there will be seasons later on in Jordan Love's career where the line isn't what it's supposed to be. I mean, we haven't had the full starting offensive line yet um, since week one, literally. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you saw some things where it did kind of look like he rushed a little bit, but again, when there's a guy in your lap right away, like that's that those are the kind of things you get with a young starting quarterback. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think he's ahead of where I would have thought he was five games in, you know, four games into this season, but five games total. And yeah, I think you see something every game so far that gives you reason to be encouraged. And like what we were just talking about, that's what you want to see week to week from all the positions, but obviously his is the most important. So I would say still plenty to work on, obviously, but ahead of where I thought he would be. And that's why the team is sitting at two and two, because there's been some good, some bad. And that's what you're, you know, it's kind of what you're going to get this year. Yeah. Is there anything else this year that you're hoping to see out of, out of Jordan Love that's going to say like you know cuz like Mike McMurphy said um this is an audition basically of of Jordan Love this is we give him he said i think he said basically half of a season we'll know yeah yeah we'll know he said, yeah he said something like eight games or whatever so is there something more that you need to see to say to for you to say he's my guy or, or is it basically just at this point, I've sort of seen the progression enough and I just want to give him the chance now to take the next step. Yeah. I mean, I think there is the the one thing you would love to see him do is 
start start earlier right yeah. like get into that rhythm earlier because it has kind of been a pattern both in like practices and preseason and now into the regular season he takes a little while to get going and but then when he does you know he's totally locked in and it's just unfortunate that in these last two games he didn't get into that mode until too late mm -hmm. while at the same time you know the defense wasn't great either so now you have to mount comebacks you're now you get into that rhythm but you're already down two or three scores so it would be great to see them and it's not just on him obviously this is you know matt's play calling also but just for them to start faster the you know the way they did against chicago you know again bad team but they got the ball and they scored on their first drive of the season you know on a, albeit on a short field but you want to see more of that because this is a team that you know it's, it's clearly not going to be a great running team so far this year so the way they're built with jordan love and they've surrounded them with weapons they're designed to play from ahead a little bit and you'd like to see them actually be able to do that more this year we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you guys really need to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. Pizza is the ultimate game day food. There is no question about it. If there's one thing that rivals my love for the Green Bay Packers and my love of football, it's my love of pizza. And right now you can actually order online during their pizza pizza pregame. It's one hour before NFL games and you can get ready for football, fun, choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings that you crave. Me, this is going to sound weird. I know because you know uh, my pickiness with food. I love mushroom and onion. That is my absolute favorite pizza. I know it's probably not everyone else's. And of course, you know you love my food takes, but I love mushroom and onion pizza. I love it from Little Caesars. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone's going to score with convenient delivery. They also have their in-store pizza portal. So you can pick up, you can grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Trust me, you're going to love it. And, and if I have to recommend one thing for sure, have to get the crazy bread. The crazy bread is an absolute must. Enjoy it. Enjoy your game day and enjoy it more with Little Caesars. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, 
I had to get opening day tickets immediately. And I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code pack a day for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle-free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means... It's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, that's a good point about, about playing ahead. Um, I think, I don't know if this is something that I just notice differently because it's watching preseason versus, you know, real live games, but the issues of starting late for Jordan Love in those, in some of those preseason games felt a lot more like he was too juiced up, you know, like yeah. that, that's kind of what everyone was like, like he's, he gets antsy. Like you he, said, the loaded spring. Right, right. He's yeah. like, he's powering throws. The, some of the slow starts this year in the, in the regular season, it feels more like, it's more the players around him putting the offense in bad situations. Cause there have been so many, so many drive killing penalties yeah. and, and feels like they're always behind the sticks there that yes. Like it feels like whether it's a, a screen pass that gets blown up behind, two yards behind the line of scrimmage, or it's a, it's another holding call or a, or a false start like that Falcons game. It just feels like there's something happening around Jordan that is putting this offense behind the sticks and keeps them out of that rhythm and doesn't give them the chance to to do that. And so that that feels like the difference for me is like it doesn't feel so much as like those Jordan loves, uh, you know, to quote Mike Holmgren, the rocket ball where he's, you know, throwing it uh, five yards above a, a wide open Luke Musgrave. Throwing into the second row. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it feels like this offense just can't get out of its own way. Uh, and if they can, if they can figure that out, then yeah, I, I'd, I'd really, I'd love to play, you know, devil's advocate and go back and see just if you took away some of those penalties, some of those, those key mistakes on early drives, what is that? What do those games look like? Because like yeah. you said, this offense is designed to play from ahead and the defense is especially designed to play from oh. ahead. <laughs> and what, you know, what, what does that change moving forward? Um, let, let's talk about kind of the rest of the offense as a whole. Cause I think we can kind of group everything here together. So I, I think you could argue that really the, for me, when I was thinking about it, pass catchers, the biggest question mark coming into this year. So many rookie wide receivers, two rookie tight ends. And they've been the like lone bright spot of the yeah. offense. You know, yeah, like I, the <laughs> they the it's it's so great to see, even though again, we haven't had the full compliment really for too many games. Watson just debuted you know, against the Lions on Thursday, but just to kind of see how well early on they work together and what some of their strengths are, it's, there really is kind of, the, the Packer receivers I felt for a while were kind of redundant. Yeah. Where they were like all kind of bigger guys, not exactly fast, right? But now there's kind of one guy that can do a little bit of everything and it's great to see Matt scheme around that and exactly you know play to these guys strengths because yeah I mean they're Jaden Reed has been incredible early for this team and he's got already a great connection with Jordan Love and then you know Musgrave he's certainly not been bad he's not been spectacular but you can see they they run so many things for him because they they know what a huge piece of this offense he can be. And it's very unfortunate, you know, that he had the concussion, but thankfully the Packers are off for 10 days. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just, uh, I'm, I'm super happy with all the young pass catchers so far. I don't have, you know, really any complaints. There's going to be mental mistakes. Like, you know, second year Romeo Dobbs went scramble drill on that play while love was still in the pocket. And yeah. those are the kind of things you're going to get, but overall, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have, I don't have any worries about the the wide receiver group. We didn't even talk about Dontavian Wicks yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's, it, it's, it's wild to think about like leading into, we all thought offensive line, you're, you're a little worried about the depth, but you've got, you've got pretty solid starters all across the board. And then the left, the left side completely craps out on you with, with injuries. And then we, we've seen, uh, you know the the guard formerly known as Royce Newman. Um, <laughs> see see what he what he does out there. Oh man! And then you look at the the backfield as just maybe I think you could say the biggest disappointment on this whole Packers team because Aaron yeah, Jones has been no run game. At yeah, all. no run game at all. And obviously, you know, for Aaron Jones that there's nothing really you can do about an injury like that. That that's just what's right. going to happen. But even when he was healthy in that bears game, you're kind of wondering, like, okay, like let, let he's working, like let, let's keep it going. And then you go to this lions game 
And like I said, you hand it off to him five times and he gets one, he gets six plays. Yeah. The only, the only game, the run game has looked good was week one against the bears. Right. I mean, other than that, they have not been able to do absolutely anything on the ground and not totally AJ Dillon's fault, not totally, you know, Emmanuel Wilson or Patrick Taylor's fault. The, the line hasn't been great in run blocking. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall, the I think you obviously have to package that together. You know, the run game as a whole has been easily the most disappointing part of this team. And it's really unfortunate because we have our young starting quarterback. Like, it would be nice for him to be able to lean on that running game a little bit for, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, for the play action and the RPOs to actually be a threat for teams to respect them. So, you know, hopefully the line getting healthier is going to help that. But yeah, I mean, there it, it's going to be, we already know there's going to be growing pains on offense, but they're going to be way worse if they just flat out can't run the ball. Yeah. Speaking of offensive line, uh, we, I don't think we heard from David Bakhtiari today, but Matt LaFleur alluded to, David Bakhtiari making wanting to make some kind of yeah he wants to talk to the comment media. To, to the media don't know what that means but <laughs> it doesn't I guess sound ominous or anything it it sounds like it sounds like David Bakhtiari picking up the uh, the cryptic uh, stick yeah. of his his predecessor <laughs> his best friend <laughs> mysterious the mantle of mystery yeah the mantle <laughs> of mystery yeah um. Yeah, and hopefully again, the the this time off here, you would hope that a Monday night game here by week after, hopefully when you are going to Denver in close to three weeks now, Elton Jenkins is back playing that that left guard position, and we don't have to keep asking the when is Sean Ryan gonna play <laughs> question anymore. Yeah, I mean they they didn't put him on IR. So yeah, yeah that, that you feel hopefully you feel pretty good about maybe Vegas, but hopefully Denver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's flip over to to the defensive side here now, um, and let's talk about two injuries that have been that have cropped up, and I think kind of maybe changed some of the expectations around some of this team is uh, Jair Alexander with that back injury that came out of nowhere before the home opener and uh Devondre Campbell still dealing with uh, I believe it's listed as an ankle injury yeah. right yeah um he's he's been out again this this whole week so it's not looking great for him and really kind of showed the the lack of depth behind Devondre Campbell and I think you know there's there's depth at the Packers like there at the corner spot, but you can tell that there's really a drop off in talent. Oh yeah. After, after, or, you know, <laughs> after Jair. And I think it's, I think it's one of those situations where the rest of the, the rest of that defensive back group plays a lot better. It looks a lot better when you have Jair Alexander out there helping you out. Yeah. And getting, you know, getting Malafleur said he, hoping Stokes will be practicing, you know, coming off yeah. the, the pup list. So, I mean, Stokes is one of those guys that can really change what this defense is like the rest of this year, because he was extremely good as a rookie. I mean, really, really, really good. 
and he was unfortunately not having a great sophomore year. So people were saying, you know, is he in a sophomore slump? He never got a chance to turn that around because he got, you know, just a really bad injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he can come back and look like he did, you know, as a rookie, and now that, you know, he's got a little bit more experience and all that, he could really make this defense a lot different. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jair, you know, then you're putting Carrington Valentine out there who was, you know, he was good in the preseason, but he's still a young seventh round rookie. Right. And then he gets hurt. And now you have two guys that you never want playing from, you know, from scrimmage and Corey Valentine. <clears throat> so they, yeah, I mean, the defense for this team is always going to be, you know, a thing that you could do two hours a week <laughs> of a show on. So yeah. w- without getting like super in depth, yeah, I mean, they, they just very simply have to get better. They, they have to be able to carry this team in some games because they're the, that's the side of the ball that's loaded with, you know, high, high draft picks and whether or not you, what you think of the talent is different than what it means that they're investing in it. So that they clearly mean that to be, that's the side of the ball that can dictate a game. And they're going to have to do that with this offense full of kids that is not going to play great every week. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, we saw them do that at least once. You, you could argue that the defense is what kept them in the game against the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. Basically only giving up 10 points on defense, keeping keeping your your giving your offense a chance to go down when they started scoring points and to to get more points and to keep that up. Yeah, they they they've been able they've shown they've been able to do it at times, but they still plenty of opportunities we've seen where they clearly rely on the offense to give them chances. And it's just the thing too, is they, they really, they don't create turnovers under the Joe Barry defense. And, and that would be, if you could get a defense out there, man, that gives the, you know, you talk about an offense in the Packers that can't get started early on, give them one or two more chances in in the first half to to really get going that that could that could really turn things um i, I want to stay positive here for a minute before we get to the um to the really 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 ugly part of this defense um quay walker has been outstanding this year um you know you talk about a guy that maybe had one of the roughest kind of rookie seasons a, a defensive guy could have yeah. with the uh, you know the the, the 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 boneheaded penalties the ejections not looking kind of looking like he's a step behind everybody he looks every bit of a first round uh middle linebacker now and that penalty in Detroit aside he he's he has he has kind of taken over as the the leader of that defense I feel like he I mean he definitely has looked in every game like the biggest strongest fastest player on the defense you know he's <clears throat> he's flying around out there he is you know he, he he had a little bit of rougher game against the Lions in terms of you know taking bad angles and things like that and you know the Lions were really successful running the ball obviously but just yeah, like you said, I mean, his development from last year to this year, you can tell 
he is so fast, but now everything else, the game is slowing down for him a little bit. So he's able to be more, you know, decisive and really just, you know, diagnose and then, you know, make the play instead mm-hmm. of sitting back there and thinking a little bit. Um, yeah, I am. I've, I'm very excited for him. He's one of my favorite players on this team. I really am rooting for him. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, with him and Campbell, I mean, Campbell's had like kind of a quiet year, like we talked about. Unfortunately, he's dealing with an injury right now. But I mean, he like that group has to be good because they don't they don't have really anyone behind them. And Isaiah McDuffie, you know, you saw on Thursday, he's yeah. not horrible, but you'd rather Devondre Campbell certainly be out there <laughs> without question because he's a he's a little smaller. You know, he's just not right. a the, the drop off from. The, the physical body type that you have, even just that is big. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, another positive we should definitely take a moment to highlight is Rashawn Gary, because oh, yeah. to play, I, I I think there was there was a you know feeling going into the the regular season. Okay, we'll see we'll see Rashawn maybe you know, maybe coming into the, to this week against Vegas or after the bye week. And no, instead, all he's doing <laughs> is leading the NFL in pass rush win, win rate and has three and a half sacks and has, has just been an absolute terror coming off of a late se- late mid season ACL injury at a position where you need like, that that's crucial like to have yeah, that I mean, knee strength the bend yeah, power explosion in the bend yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane to see him play at this level and it's it's i'm really i'm really more happy than anything else for the kid because you could tell how much he really puts into to getting out in the field and i'm glad that he was able to to have some really good injury luck and get back on the field and do what he does yeah my my only complaint about Rashawn gary this year is that why haven't they haven't paid him yet? So <laughs> that's other than that. Yeah. He's, he's literally been perfect. And then some for what this team needs. So yeah, any day now would be a great day for them to pay Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, I think the case keeps getting made each week. Uh, Cause let's, let's go to negative town. Let's take a turn to <laughs> negative town. I saw the stat come up today. I don't know who, who posted it, but it was, it was the PFF pass pass rush win rate. And Rashawn up there at number one, the second highest player on this team is the rookie Lucas Van Ness, and he is like 80th in the NFL, yeah. and it and it just goes down from there, which is crazy to think about because this whole defense is designed on getting to the quarterback, and we've seen the middle of the defense has actually stepped up in that pass the the pass rush. Yeah. Uh I think Slayton has like two sacks, Kenny Clark has two sacks, Carl Brooks, Bowling Green rookie has two sacks. Like they are they're causing havoc in the middle there and you start to wonder like what shouldn't this be a hell of a lot easier for you guys on the edge and what what's there's so many things on this defense that just the the stuff is there. Why is it not clicking? You know? Yeah. They yeah, I mean, the, the pass rush, it, you know, like you said, the, the edge room is loaded with talent, or so we think. Um, and, yeah, they just – if they're if they're not going to sell out and stop the run, which they haven't done yet, 
<clears throat> it doesn't seem like they're going to. They certainly have to get better at getting to the quarterback um, because the the corners, when the group is healthy, we feel pretty good about. Now, Donald Savage, he's been better this year than, than in the last couple, but the safeties still aren't great on this team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything is going to be dependent on this defense up front and getting to the quarterback. And hopefully, you know, when, when Gary's on a little bit of less of a snap count and with Ben Ness developing, he's playing more and more. Yeah, they're, they're going to, like, it, it has to get better. And it has to get better later in games because, you know, these death by a thousand cuts drives in the third and fourth quarter have been really hard for this team to overcome so far. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the big one for me here is, I mean, still, I think everyone knows it's, it's the run defense. What, what the heck is going on with this? Like you've, you've got this sort of reimagined defensive line. You've had these young guys come in that are supposedly like, like like wooden and stuff like like that like you're supposed to be given you know Slayton and players like that the opportunity to be more run right. heavy and yeah uh, I think Kenny was talking about ahead of that, that Bears game like oh we've got we you guys are going to be surprised we we've changed yeah, right. things it's it's all going to look good and we all kind of bought into you didn't it say when maybe, maybe a little <laughs> too much after the after that Bears game um. And yeah, I gave him a pass. I gave him a little bit more of a pass in that Atlanta game, but still now it's still they they I think they rank at the like thirtieth or thirty first in almost every run defense category, and it's not good. And that includes a game against the Saints that barely had a running attack. Like yeah, like their, their top rusher was Taysom Hill. It's not yeah. that that's not good. Um. Let's let's ask the question here, uh, since we're talking about sort of the the first quarter recap and what that means looking forward. From what we've seen out of this defense here in the first four games, is there anything that can happen in the rest of the season in your mind that saves Joe Barry's job at the end of this year? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know this off the top of my head. I probably should have looked it up. Do you know how long his contract is? That's a that's a good question. Because Let's see I, if I can I, do a quick Google. I didn't remember if it was just like a couple of years. Because yeah, I mean, do they get into a patent situation where they just mutually, you know, don't agree to get, you know, to to resign? But I mean, I think he can. With how reluctant it seems like Matt is to fire him, um, and we're not going to get into you know who who do you want to replace him and all that stuff? Cause that that's a different discussion, which it does obviously pl- come into play, but Matt seems reluctant to fire him. So I, I don't think there's anything he can do to get fired in season unless they drop down to, you know, like one of the bottom five defenses in the league. And there's, there's such a liability, right? Cause if the offense gets better as the season goes, as they get, as they learn and, you know, grow together, but the defense stays the same or gets worse, then it looks even worse for him. So maybe in that in that scenario, they let him go before the season is over. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been able to find anything that officially said what 
what his contract it, list was. I, I would have to imagine that it's always hard to find like info on like front office contracts, which is so funny because yeah, <laughs> everything is made public about player contracts. <laughs> right, you 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 got you've got guys like like Ken Ingles who can literally build a a spreadsheet that's that yeah that could that you could argue came straight out of Russ Ball's right computer. Um, I, I mean, I would imagine it's probably about a four four years. Just always sounds like. Like right, um, and he was hired in two thousand one. So yeah, we're like twenty twenty, you know, yeah, or, yeah, twenty twenty one. Um, so you know, we're we're kind of in the the it's in the, 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 third, zone. the the junior the like, junior year, yeah. buddy. Like you kind of need to need to do it. Um, yeah, I I just I feel like if if next year is his last year on his contract, and the rest of this season kind of goes the way it has defensively especially run wise um if they give him an extension <laughs> i i would i would worry i would worry about you know joe 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 barry's uh office at at lambo is it gonna get uh you know tp spray painted sounds like they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> carry him out carry him out on a one of those catapults those medieval catapults out of town um because yeah, there's there's just really you you kind of you kind of said it when you were talking about the the pass rush. There's a lot of there's a lot of supposed talent, pro, like to potential, you know, like potential energy versus real energy. There's a lot of potential energy in that in that defensive group, and they really haven't been able to to figure it out. And there a, a lot of it is on the players not executing at times, but. I, I wanted to I wanted to shake my TV watching that la- that one of those la- that last drive from the Lions when they scored that touchdown after the the Quay penalty where they are running the ball and you yeah. can't stop the ball running the ball and you have guys playing like cover two like <laughs> like five ten yards off the line of scrimmage what are wh- what well, it's th- things like that sometimes that just drive me bonkers. And yeah, I, I, I don't look. I said I don't. I don't claim to be a great defensive coach or a defensive mind by any means. But you know, I, I can like I'm, I'm not a good chef, but I can tell you when food is bad. And Joe <laughs> Barry is not cooking anything good. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, like we we see some improvement the rest of this year. I got to go against Josh Jacobs on Monday night next week. Which pray for us. <laughs> but hopefully there's there's got to be some kind of change here in the next four weeks. But there that doesn't like we said. We'll finish on a positive note. We highlighted some really big positives from from this defense that have stood out that I think were really surprising. Uh, some guys taking the extra step, and I just want again as a Bowling Green grad, I got to keep shouting out Carl Brooks because yeah. to see him come on the field. He he he's been one. He overtook Colby Wooden, like a, a guy who was drafted like higher than like that. That's yeah. that's that's big time, especially coming out of a Mac school like that. Um. Okay. So we've talked about the first quarter of the games, Monty. I'm going to put you on the spot here and look ahead to the next four games at Raiders bye week, and then at Broncos hosting the Vikings, hosting the Rams. Give me a record prediction for those four games. I, I think they're going to go two and two in this. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I mean, it, 
obviously this Raiders game hugely hinges on whether or not Jimmy G is going to play in it. Right. Right. Um, but whether or not he does the Packers, I think could easily go either way in that game. Um, I, I do like their chances in it. You know, we're not here to break it down or anything, but so, I, but then you look at, you know, you said it was Raiders and then is it at uh, Denver after at the, Denver? Yeah. So at Denver, I mean, the Broncos clearly don't look very good. Their defense has looked horrendous. Um, their O-line hasn't been good. They, they just haven't been a good team. They had, they had a huge comeback win against the bears, obviously, but being down 28 to seven or 28 to whatever it was to the bears, they're not a good team. So right. the, the Packers, I have no idea who'd be favored in that game necessarily, but I would feel good about their chances in that game. And then Minnesota. Yeah. I believe Minnesota at home. Yeah. They, they don't look good either. Obviously they, you know, they almost lost to Carolina who's winless. So yeah. And then finally it was uh, Rams, the, the Rams who don't play good in Lambeau ever. <laughs> so, so, so who's your, so who's your two losses? Who's your two wins? So I'm going to say, I'm going to guess they lose to Minnesota because we don't play well there. Or is it, is that at Lambeau? It's at, it's at Lambeau at Lambeau. Okay. All right. Then no, then you know what? I'm going to, I might, I might see them going, I might go, I'm going to up it to three and one. I'll be positive. Okay. So I think they drop, I think they do drop that game to the Raiders. Just, I mean, I don't, if Jair doesn't play, cause again, this is too early. We, you know, we're not practicing yet or no injury reports, but like sure. Jair doesn't play who's covering Adams and the line is still pretty beat up. Max Crosby's been pretty good. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The, I, I three and one was what I was thinking, but again, we, like we've said, there is a large scale. The, the margin of error here is huge because <laughs> yeah. I could feel easily. If you said it was three and one, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see that. If you said it's one and three, I'm like, yeah, I could totally yeah. see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I could easily see the Vikings coming in and making it like a slug fest and, and they win at the end. I'm going to, I'm going to chalk that Rams game up as a loss because I just feel like it's Aaron Donald going to eat. Yeah, Royce Newman alive. is still playing. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen? Um, yeah, like it the the like the Broncos is the only one that I'm like, you better that 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 better yeah, they be look, they look so terrible. Win. Um so I, I will say three and one because I think they can beat the Broncos, they can beat the Vikings for sure. Um yeah, the Rams don't play well at Lambeau, um, but I'm sure that it'll be something like they win 45 42 and Pukunuka uh sets like every 20, every he's 25 every, catches yeah every NFL record he hasn't broken as a rookie <laughs> yet uh yeah that Raiders game though that one kind of that one kind of really scares me but all I'm all I'm praying for in that one is get Jerry healthy get Devonte healthy cuz I need to see that yeah we battle we, on Monday yeah. night that needs to happen that is a Vegas prize fight yeah, every, every of football the fan yeah. deserves to watch that. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, our episode again. I uh, urge you to share with your Packer friends, Bears fans, too, if you want to try to start converting them. It seems a lot of them are getting ready to, to jump ship here early on. You want to start converting some of them. Uh, you can follow the show at Packaday Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, 
over on the YouTube channel, do the same thing as well and get the double dose there with Andy uh, doing the video side of things. You can follow me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DK all the way. I post all anything that I'm, I'm doing over there. Monty, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I am at Ferd Turgeson, F-E-R-D underscore T-U-R-G-E-S-O-N. I love that. It always takes me a second. If I, I like, like today when I had to send you send you the DM, I started typing out Monty and nothing was coming up. I'm like, oh right, Terry Ferguson, funny name, funny name. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for uh, for listening to us here at the Back of Day Podcast. Always love getting to talk Pack a Day uh, and Packers with you every single day of the week, every single day of the year. Uh, until next time, uh, cheers and as always, go Pack go. Paco. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done